Episode five. Yeah, episode five. We didn't discuss what we we're going to talk about. I figured we would just we would just touch base on everything that we went through. I guess over the last couple of days. Maybe I don't no. know. That's probably a good idea. And then I wanted to uh, to talk about what what I brought up yesterday was was maybe kind of a reinforcement of of maybe another why of why this is important, which I don't know. It's like it could be its own episode, but I was thinking from from the standpoint of uh, of it being difficult, right? Because like the more we do this, that it doesn't get easier. <laughs> Do the podcast or do the marriage? The, well, I mean, the, the the podcast is there just to reflect what the marriage is. Uh, so yeah, as we do as we do ourselves, right? As we as we discover everything that is not uh, kosher, uh, it's just difficult, right? And so over like when last two days we haven't recorded podcasts, but then we were kind of going through our own turmoils. I think a lot of things are coming up right now. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, because, so because it's difficult, but I wanted to address, and then, and then we watched the show and another thing brought up and I thought, okay, this is perfect in order for me to say. So from, from the standpoint of things being difficult, I think they're difficult for different people from different sets of approaches. And, and what I've got reminded of and discovered um, like again, I guess might might be more so reminded of is there's those of us who um, who remember how it is to live in the world that is not full of shit, right? And and I don't mean like shit from the judgmental standpoint, right? But the density of our three-dimensional space is just so difficult and it's so full of turmoil and discovery and undiscovery and loss and pain that, it, well, I say that, but the most, the thing that stands out the most is the fact that this world is full of not love, right? It is, it, it is love, but in in a non sincere non real type of a sense right is is it even love yeah that's what i mean so everything that that we we come to identify as love right if you walk around with any kind of awareness or or what i have is the memory of the past right or memory of elsewhere and then you go oh yeah well no everybody else is saying this is love and this is how love is and this is how love should be and this is what love looks like. Uh, it is really difficult to live in this world realizing that's it. That's the extent of love. What what this world has to offer today is the extent of love. And so it's almost, it's extremely depressing and lonely. It's depressing to realize, to, to think that that's it, right? To, to think that that's it. And then it gets lonely when you think you're the only person that can remember something other than this, right? And so I thought, okay, I'm obviously there. Um, I remember a world of something different. Uh, whether, you know, I again, this is kind of getting to the esoteric versions of, of it, but, you know, might as well go there. It, it is a, not, not, the world, not the world we have in here 
today that we are interpreting in a 3D, but but something outside of our interpretation. But there's planes out there, right? And, and we can talk about the details of where they are and all that. I mean, that's like it's all it's all it's all episode there. But there are there are people on this plane, myself included, who have a memory of something else. And I think the younger people are those people. Like the And there's a, a yearning to get back to it. Well, to begin with, you're just confused of wait, why what I feel, why is it that what I feel inside is not what the rest of the world looks like? Like, why is it what I remember inside is not what the rest of the world looks like? And so if you're young, but are, you know, and you have that memory, but you're starting to lose it, or you're starting to like sink in into the depth of the 3D that is the reality today, then it would become, it becomes very painful. I'm just very painful to live and continue to live in the hands. I will say this because I think that's what the show brought up yesterday. The suicide rates are up because of that, right? It's because the younger generation is not seeing the outside reflect of the potential that they feel on the inside. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, on the surface, you would almost think, oh, they're just more sensitive or, you know, the kids these days are more sensitive, but it's not sensitive. Activity, per se. Well, some people call them empath, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's 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 like a generic term that doesn't mean anything to anyone, right? They're yeah. they're in fact, I think it just comes down to they can remember something different, an option of the world that is different than this, right? A circumstance of the world that is different than this. Uh and then when they lose that memory or when, they, or when they start to lose that truth and start to marry the truth of what, you know, what we're living in, it just becomes unbearable. And, and yeah, so they, so yeah, the suicide, you know, exit that, you know, people call them exit points. Everybody's just taking advantage of those exit points because it's difficult. Yeah. Overdose. Overdoses. Overdoses. Yeah something that what was it that they brought up like accidents but like and i'm like i wonder like or, so it's almost like orchestrated it's like self-orchestrated accident to where you're not yeah. actively taking it but you're sub-actively yeah exiting you're, out. you're still somewhat responsible for yeah well no i mean your death is your decision right and then everybody has exit points and so people are just choosing to take exit points right so again i'm not saying People should not choose to take exit points or should choose to stay or whatever, right? But I think the only reason it's happening is because it becomes difficult and unbearable. And they can, and honestly, I think they don't even understand why. They just know, wait, this is not what I think it should be. And then so, yeah, you're, you're, you're just earning for something different. And that something different is, in fact, a memory. And so you're just like, oh, screw this. This is not worth it. And then, you know, you move on. Ideally, to somewhere that you remember that is different. I don't know. Right. And then the the details of what happens when you move on after taking your own life is a whole separate topic. But yeah, I don't know if we need to talk about that. Mm. No. So yeah. So from one standpoint, it is difficult. One because there's a group of people, or there's a line of people. Um, that remembers something different, 
right? And I can relate to that very much so. Like I can just remember as a child remembering going, wait, what? what is this? And then as I, I sang thing to the 3D, then I realized, oh, this is what everybody thinks is real. This is the game we're playing. Right? And I think you, to an extent, maybe didn't really quite grasp it in some way. Right. I mean, I, I felt different from everyone else. Like, specifically, I thought that, that the world was... I remember very young, this was early elementary school, thinking that I'm the star of some Truman Show-type production. And this is before the Truman Show movie came out. But I'm like, I am the subject in this, you know, experiment. And everyone's just kind of watching me. Which, of course, fed into my whole, I have to perform well thing. But it was it was alienating and it was strange and it was it was uncomfortable and it 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 made me feel like an outsider just to the entire world yeah but i think what it comes down to if at any point and and i and i'm thinking a lot of people will be able to relate to this uh because i but i don't i have never heard anybody talk about this before i think i'm like the only person who has ever talked about remembering something that i know of so if, if at any point you, I think all of us, have a memory of something else, somewhere else, right? Something that is better or different, uh, something that contains true love and, and expression and, and, right, and truth. And then if we live in the world or the potentials of that are just not realized, um, but yet you're, you're yearning for it and you have a memory for it. And in fact, you know, you're here to bring that forth. Um, if you don't realize, then if you don't even understand where you're coming from, like, oh, I'm just, in your case, like this, this dude and everybody else is completely different and where I don't even fit in. Right. Then, yeah, it's very lonely. Right. And there's not much hope and then people lose hope. Yeah. Lonely. That's the word for how I felt. Yeah. Loneliness. Because, because loneliness is because in essence, what you're feeling here is not really the depth of love that you're, or can't even remember feeling elsewhere. Yeah. And so, so there's that, there's that end of it, you know, they, the, it's difficult because there's those people who can remember something different and then what they're facing day to day is not that, right? And then I'm hoping this somehow addresses that. The fact that, I don't know, the fact that we're spending all this time talking and, and then putting this out is, is, is for those people. Um, and then two, on the other end of it is that there's those people who don't remember, right? Maybe because they never did or maybe because they did and then they have sunk into 3D and the pain body so much that that it's irrelevant now, right? And so the only thing that they are experiencing is pain of the change, right? And so that's kind of the other end of it. Right now, the world is facilitating a change the universe is facilitating a change yeah it's uh it's more apparent every day that like it just everything feels different and i don't think it's just to me or to you i mean we feel it our kids feel it but it it looks like everybody feels it to some degree yeah and and basically the the gist of of how i'm understanding it is that the frequency of our of our existence, right? The earth is just changing its frequency. And so the the frequency in which we are are now required to live 
is much lighter frequency than that of the past. And I, and I don't actually mean like lighter by scientific terms of hertz. I just mean like the density is just changing, right? So it's becoming less dense. And so which that what that means is if you are carrying density within your body and the density equates to unprocessed pain, you have to release it. Like you're, you're, the, the earth, the system that you're in is forcing you to release your density. Right. And the more you hold on to it, the denser you can get. Yes. But, but that ends up presenting itself as disease, as anxiety, as stress, as, you know, bad things in your life, things that, you know, oh, you know, oh, okay, you know, disease, you, you could, could make sense, but, you know, you stubbing your toe or you getting into a car accident or you, you know, getting fired or something like that. All kinds of weird things are how that manifests. Yeah. In your life. Unpleasant things. And yeah, it will become unpleasant. But that is only if you're actively holding on to and grasping to that density. Yeah. If you're refusing to let go of the density. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so so the and another set of exit points are the people who are just who have made up their mind and said, you know what? No, this is me and I will be holding on to this. All the grudges, all the haters, all the judging, all the everything. This is who I am. And, you know, not going anywhere without that. This, so this is a different type of people, the people who recognize it, but have actively chose that I'm going to keep it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 There's, well, there's the actively choosing, right? But sometimes subconscious choosing. Yeah. Subconscious in the sense that if you are, if, if, if you're holding, let's say, to hatred towards someone, right? And you, and you know, I mean, deep down, deep down, you know, you need to let go, right? You need to intensify yourself. You need to just release, right? But there's, but you're just refusing to. Like, so you're not even recognizing that you need to start releasing density because the earth is ascending and the frequency is changing. What I'm saying is you just know you need to release hatred because it's not healthy to hold hatred. Right. Like we, as society, kind of like already come to that as truth. Like, oh, guess what hatred does? Well, it constricts like everything in your body. And so when your body constricts, the blood flow stops flowing and then your organs start to shut down. Right. You think, oh, I hate the, uh, any group, you know, group, group X. I, oh, I, I hate group X or I am angry at them or, you know, I'm holding a grudge or, you know, they, they wronged me in some way. And I, I hold a, um, I haven't forgiven them. It's like, you think that that's somehow hurting them, but it's not, they don't, it isn't even that they don't care. It's that it doesn't, it doesn't matter. All the only person that that's affecting is you and it's affecting you in a negative way. Yeah. Well, no, it's just killing you. Well, yeah. It's killing you. Yeah. So, so the, the choice to hold on to resentment and anger and pick and choose, you know, these people are good or these people are bad is just actions towards gaining densification. You're, you're, you're densifying your being, right? I mean, it comes down to as simple as that, right? Like you are what you eat kind of, this is like, you are what you think. Yeah. Right. And so. And how you feel. Yeah, but thinking is feeling, right? Kind of same thing. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess you can feel and not allow yourself to think it or pretend like it's not there. Or the other way. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and so the the other the other part of it is that 
that's the other difficulty for everybody else is those people who have been in the 3D and the depth of 3D for so long, but now are starting to being forced to de-densify their being, to awaken their being or to release hatred, release, you know, judgment and, and pain body, right? Uh, release their own lies, really. That's what it comes down to, right? Which is what kind of we talk about all the time. Um, but that's difficult. I mean, that 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 is its own difficult journey. So from both ends, you're remembering and not seeing that remembrance reflected in this world, or you're not remembering, but now being forced to live in the world that you don't know how to live in, because now you have to change who you are completely. You know, th- that's being almost like squished from both directions. Yeah. Um, the great squeeze. Yeah. But, but from the people who have spiritual connection and spiritual notions of enlightenment, they would still not understand why they feel so, um, um, so lost and hopeless. And then the other people do not realize that what they're being pushed to is the recognition of themselves and their truth. And if you want to call it spirituality, you can call it spirituality or spiritual enlightenment or awakening or whatever. But, you know, you don't even have to call any of it. The truth is just the frequency of this planet is changing, period. What are you going to do about it? Right. And so staying stagnant is just not an option. But I would think that also that brings in hope for everybody that does remember something different. Like, I find that hopeful. That, yeah, maybe not in my lifetime, but some some lifetime, with this space, we'll get to the vibrational frequency where that love that I remember does shine through, right? I think it is going there. I don't know if it's like hundreds of years or thousands of years, right? Uh, but we're, we're on that path. The, uh, I don't remember who it is. Is it the Vedic, the Yugas? Yugas? Yeah. Yugas? Um, I think it's the Yugas, yeah, the cycles. And, and we're in the, uh, is it the Kali Yuga? Which is the bottom and the the worst, the bad one, and it's I, they're they're long, they're thousands of years long. But we, how was it twenty twenty twelve? Crossed the threshold of it, according to this. And so or the Mayan calendar said twenty. Is it a my maybe? When the Ma- I thought it lined up. Either way, yeah. The, I think way. the Yugas do somehow lined up a little bit, but then they're they're the Aquarian age, yeah. Versus the, I was. Either way, right? we're. Inches from the bottom, but it's on the way up. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if that is that is how we should look at it. Is are we inches from the bottom? Maybe. I don't know. Right. I look at it as on the way up. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if it's 26,000 years, like, on that scale of yeah. time, it's kind of pointless as far it's as... It's literally that. inches from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, so I thought that was important to address, and maybe it's like a slight diversion about, like, the the rest of of like our topic about our marriage and and where we are, but I think it fits in perfectly just because I have this drive within me to, to reach something uh, that I remember. Right. Um, And that within itself, like creates, creates low points. Uh, And I'm sure I'm not the only one. And then for people who are being pushed to by force, 
to release their pain bodies and release their, uh, you know, hatred and judgment and whatever. Um, and, and, and then they don't want to, right? This would be a great explanation of why we are kind of like all on the same path. Yeah. Why all of a sudden everything is going wrong in your life for yeah. someone who's, who's not spiritual ever. Yeah. Who, who's not recognized that there is something to be released or who, who has, but is, is holding on to it for dear life. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, it gets confusing if you don't understand what's going on. Yeah. And even if you do, it's, it that doesn't make it easy. It's no. still hard. <laughs> no, no, I understand what's going on, but day to day to be in that type of a space right with the lows and the highs and like the full moon last night the full moon was so bright i came out and i'm like what is going on it looks like it's daylight out there and i realized oh the moon was just you know at its fullest right there right there above our heads and i and i i felt its pool but like its pool was was like detoxifying it was like yanking at 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 humanity, like I felt it yanking at me, right? And everything that you and I kind of like went through and tried to release yesterday, um, it it was very like cathartic. I think it was like a almost like a what's the word for helper, but like a catalyst, right? A catalyst yeah. for that pull, like right when it's big and it's pulling at us more so than ever before it is it's assisting us as a catalyst to let go to to relinquish something that we are you know because it's hard to let go it's hard to dig deep and cry and cry and cry yeah because sooner or later you don't even have energy to cry not only that but some of these things you know they're they're so ingrained in you you know i mean literally from birth from some of them yeah or you know all all of all of your life you know there are things that i've thought or believed or had drilled into me or either way there's these neural pathways are you know 40 plus years deep and it doesn't you know as much as i may want them to change it's it's work to get them to change it's not just there's a choice that i'm going to be different act different think different feel different but there's the the effort to kind of back that up yeah but before that, there's even recognition that something needs to be different. Yeah, there's that. That's right. the first step. But like first step comes with admitting that there's something wrong. Yeah. So like first it's like... And that's hard in its own right sometimes. Yeah. Even just admitting something's wrong. Uh, oftentimes it's, I'm wrong, which is which is also hard in its own right. Mm-hmm. Or my actions are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I know it's kind of like an interlude or uh to to the overall conversation, but I think it is completely part of it. But maybe clarifies things more if the the energies are kind of like stirring at people, right? Because I think they are stirring at people. It, it's I mean those who are sensitive will definitely know that they're stirring. But those who are not sensitive, they'll just be experiencing amazing discomfort and going, What the heck is happening? Right, but like relationships are being brought up to surface, like all things would be coming up, everything will just be right there, available. And the way I saw it, uh, that so basically in the past, when when your pain body 
was almost scattered about, right? As a like if you if you take a bomb and you explode and all the shrapnel goes out, right? And then sooner or later, you basically like, I don't even know where all the little pieces of that shrapnel is, right? So if you imagine your pain body being this like explosion and, and you know, for miles and miles out is is your shrapnel, is the 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 fallout of your pain body. Uh, now what, what we're being faced is, is that like quite literally somebody's sweeping that shrapnel back into you. So your pain body is actually coming closer and closer for you to reach. And to discover, so it actually be- makes it easier for you to reach to those deep points, which is why they, which is why you're on the edge a lot more, is because they're so much closer to you than they were ever before. Do you want to define what a pain body is for the audience? Um, we've used that term several times, but I don't know. Have we not defined it? I don't think we've defined, defined it. it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, pain body, shadow work. Uh, dark night of the soul. What are some other terms for it that people use? I mean, just going through hell. I like rather term right. going through hell. <laughs> uh, all of those. I mean, I think I've said it. Maybe I I didn't initi- like actually defined it, but how I this is my interpretation of it, and other people will maybe take it wrong. Is there are things at the depth of you, the depth of your core that you run as subconscious definitions that are your lies, right? And and sometimes not like malicious lies, but like, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm unlovable or I'm not special. And they probably originated as some sort of defense mechanism in some way, at least some of them. Yeah, a lot of, and some and, of them and, are know, even like, like if you go back to if you believe in the theory of caveman evolution, right? Then you would go. Some of them are just like defense things yeah. that were set up there. Yeah, I mean, some of it is just you know a like physical response. Yeah, but but to me, the pain body is more of the emotional component of that instead of the physical component. Yeah, it's all emotional. Like some someone jumps out and scares you, and you know the adrenaline kicks in, and you you jump back and whatever that's like a physical response but then you get really angry at them because they scared you like angrier than an average person would get that's the pain body it's like oh you you scared me and that i don't know depends on their particular pain body that made me feel foolish and when i feel foolish that really triggers me because dot 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 you know who knows maybe in in second grade you know Billy made him feel foolish and the whole class laughed at him. Oh, who knows? It doesn't even matter. That's, but that's the subconscious system. Yeah, that's the, that's the, when I think of a pain body, that's what I think of is that emotional, there's an emotional program inside of you that gets triggered by stuff in, in today's world, but your response to it is, is greatly, greatly outweighs the response that you did. A normal, I say normal, a person without that pain body, how they would respond. So you respond way out of line. That's the indication that there's a pain body there. The pain body has been poked or, or triggered by some sort of action. And it makes you feel something. And you may not really be conscious of exactly what it is you make, it makes you, how it makes you feel. You may go, oh, I feel angry. But it's, you know, dot, dot, dot. I feel angry because I feel embarrassed. And I feel embarrassed because whatever, whatever. All the way, all the way down. 
Yeah. I think we talked about that, but maybe we just didn't put a label of a pain body on it. Yeah. But, but right, but it's a subconscious system that is a lie, right? Yeah. But not like lie in the sense that this is a malicious thing against someone else. It's just something that you are stirring within yourself that is causing you distress about little things. Yeah. It's not, they're not serving you. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So like that would be an example of it. Um, if you, if you, if you, we go back to my, my origin story of, of the table leg, right? Me, me thinking that I'm unwanted is the pain body, right? The, the origin of the pain body. Because I'm tied to the table leg and I'm not wanted, right? And so that, that exists as its own entity, if you want to call it an egregore. Some people call it egregores, right? Pain bodies, egregores, shadows, whatever, right? But it, it sits there as, oh, at the core, I have a tendency to feel that I'm unwanted, right? Because nobody wanted me at the orphanage, right? And so through that or because of that, then, then I am more likely to experience everything in life through the lens of that. Right. Specifically in bad ways and specifically not in good ways. Yeah, that's what we talked about yesterday. It actually comes down to it most of the time, it's just only in a bad way. Right. It's like, and that both of us had this, uh, it's it's slightly different, but it's it's really close where like there's only a certain baseline of, to me, being lovable and to you being special. It's not like, it's not like I I even want to be more lovable or you want to be more special than this uh, average is the wrong word, baseline, than this baseline. Mm-hmm. But we both feel somehow less than the baseline. Yeah. And, you know, all the, all the praise, all the love, all the attention, all the whatever in the world will only bring you up to that level. But we'll just take one little, one little negative comment, one little, you know, look the wrong way. It doesn't even matter. One little thing can knock you so far below that. Yeah, because that, that is your pain body. Because that's the pain body. Yeah, the pain body is a hole. Yeah. And in, in your case, it's the gaping hole of I'm unlovable. Right. In my, in my case, it's the gaping hole of I'm not special. Right. And you can, and, and you try to find things in the world, external things in the world to fill that hole. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, that hole is a bottomless pit. Yeah, and I can show, shovel all the love from you, all the love from anybody, all the attention I want into that hole. It will never be filled. It can only be filled by realizing I am lovable, and I do love myself. That's the only thing in the world that can fill it, and only when it is filled can we, you know, bring our true, authentic selves to to the world and to our partner. Yeah. Otherwise, all of our interactions are, I say all, it might, it might literally be all of our interactions are somehow crafted to try to, try to shovel a little bit more into that hole, thinking, oh, maybe, maybe this will fill it. Maybe this will fill it. And those interactions kind of sometimes band-aid over it and make it feel a little bit better, but they certainly don't last, and they're never enough. It, it becomes insatiable. It has with me. It's just, 
it, I cannot get enough external validation. And at the same time, this external validation isn't actually making me feel any better. I can't get enough and it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, and you're w- walking in the world just with that as your filter. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of subconscious, at least to begin with. To me, it was. It, to me, it was like, oh, this feels good when I get attention, when I get love, when I get whatever. And so I will orchestrate my life around getting as much of that as I can, you know, often in, in manipulative ways. No, but without actually, without ever realizing it's not really helping, it doesn't make me feel any better, certainly not in any lasting way. Yeah, but I think it even goes deeper than that. And that's that's why, you know, it's a pain, it's a pain body, is that most of the time you would walk into the room and if that's the pain body that that is the flavor of the day, that that is being triggered and you know, honestly, there's not that many, and they're all kind of like the same thing, just a different version of it. You'll just be walking to the room with definition. Oh, guess what? I'm not lovable. How can I take this situation, like whatever this room happens to be, and uh, try to get some sort of validation that I'm lovable? Right. Or at, validation that I'm special. And at the same time, none of that validation really proves that you are, but the smallest little thing will prove that you're not. Yeah. You walk in and, you know, your your pain body is, you know, I, 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 I need attention or something. You walk into some party and everybody's talking to you and, okay, it's not that it, that makes you feel great, but that one person over there ignoring you just kills you because, look, I'm not. I'm not special. I'm not lovable. Yeah. I'm not important. I'm not whatever it happens to be. It, like, it can only be, this pain body can only be proved in, in the negative way. It, it, well, no, it, it's almost like, you know, the, the the reason why the negative hurts so much is so you can identify that this is your pain body. Yeah. So there's a, you know, I guess. Purpose. Purpose behind the madness there. So you would walk in and that the recognition that, look, I'm being hit because this person did not pay attention to me at this party. Um would signify to you like a signal, like, oh, look, um, this is a thing for me. And right, and and the sole purpose in life is to just basically uncover all of these pain body, hence shed the density, to shed this density, this untruth about you, because, you know, on the long run, no one's not special. <laughs> no one's not lovable. Um, and so, And so you just, the goal in life is to shed this untruth and then allow yourself to, to basically have a life without that as your truth. Right? Yeah. Because our goal is to have the breadth of experiences in this life. And so we will spend a lot of time having the experience of how does it feel for me to live, let's say, 40 years of my life thinking that I'm not special. And, and, you know, and that set of experiences will be very similar. I honestly, I probably didn't start that journey until, you know, a little bit into my toddler years or, you know, five or six or seven, right? But, but after, but after living that journey for, let's say, 35 years, then you go, okay, well, I'm kind of done with that. 
Like, yeah. That was that was fun. That was Next. fun. Yeah. And it's not as easy as it sounds, right? And that's what we're talking about. It's not easy to let go of these pain bodies. To one, you have to recognize it first, right? Instead of just allowing yourself to get triggered over and over and over by the same thing. Going, wait, what's going on here? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling every time I don't get this particular validation or this attention or I don't feel special, right? You have to recognize, oh, I have a thing. No, you could... You could spend time and recognize the origin of that thing, right? Which we've talked about in the previous episodes is what is the origin, the origin story that might have caused this, right? And you can start to let go from there. Yeah. I mean, it it helps to identify it, but I don't know that it's No, I don't think critical. it's necessary. Yeah. But, but, but once you identify that this is your thing, like, oh, not feeling special is my pain body, right? Then you can kind of walk with awareness. That, oh, guess what? I go through life trying to seek validation to feel special. And so anytime you walk and you notice yourself doing it, just pause and go, okay, what if I don't do that? What if I just go internally inside my space and go, I'm special regardless of what this is. And let me just make this experience what this is and not a a, a technique for self-validation. Yeah. I mean, part of that's just being present. Aware. Yeah, if we're not, so that's the thing is if we're not aware of our pain bodies, then they are always tapping us. They're yeah. always they're, letting they're, us themselves know, guess what? That's the thing for you. Love, yeah. married, and acknowledge you in the meeting. Yeah, they're, they're really running your life. They're running the show. Yeah, they're running the show. And so, so yeah, with me, right, so that I mentioned this before, but I will mention this in regards to pain body, that the lies, right? Is just right. Like they just to the way I see it is I'm walking walking in life, limiting my expression and my potential and my experience because of this lie that I have decided to live by. Right. That I'm not special. Right. And so it's like my gun ho approach to oh, I'm done. I'm this is I don't want to do this anymore. Is is it just a technique to make sure that I draw awareness to to my pain bodies. Now, of course, if there's like a slew of them, I, you know, I don't know how <laughs> you're walking around always paying attention to every single nuance of self, but, you know, it it slowly gets that way. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if what you, I think if what you feel in response to a, a trigger is, you know, there are normal responses. If you get punched in the nose, the normal response is, is, is is to, you know, is for adrenaline to kick in and you will get angry. That is just, I think, a, a normal, probably healthy response. Um, now, if two days later you're still fuming over it, then there's probably a pain body in there somewhere over the over this this incident. If 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 the response lasts longer than than it should, I know that's really vague, but an emotional response probably should just be a couple minutes for most things. If it's still on your mind hours or days later, there's probably a pain body there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, step one is just to recognize that this is a pain body, like discover it, bring it to the surface. And you'll be able to, you'll be able to think of other ways that that has presented itself in your life. Oh, you know, this, I, oh, now that I recognize, you know, 
not feeling loved and I'm trying to seek validation here. Oh, you know, oh, you know, well, I, 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 I acted like this at work and oh, I acted like this at school and oh, I acted like this with, in previous relationships and with my friends and everything. Okay, I, I, it paints a broader picture of this is not a, an isolated, it, it has nothing to do with any one interaction. It has nothing to do with, oh, I feel like my wife ignored me today and that made me feel bad or, or paid attention to me today and that made me feel good. It's beyond that. It's this lifelong, year, decades-long uh, uh, painting. It's not just this little, little dab of paint. Not sure the paint analogy's working. Yeah, I think in my book I refer to it as the canvas. Yeah, it's it's not this this square inch of it. It's you you need to step back and look at this big mural of your life and go, oh my gosh, look at all these things with all these different people and all these different circumstances and scenarios where I have tried to make myself feel better about the fact that I don't feel loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I don't know if you could possibly find a human being who's not living through that right now. Right. It may not be loved, but it's something. There's something. Everybody's got something. Well, yeah, everybody's got something. And like on the surface, it doesn't even look like that these person's actions might be coming out of the wrong place. Right. And and on the surface, even after you have found, you know, identified this pain body and processed this pain body and released it, and are no longer doing things from that, it, it may look the same. The actions to a third party might look the same, but the intentionality behind it would be different. Yeah. Well, that that's probably invisible. Well, it may be invisible to like a camera, but I think uh, a, a close person could, could pick up on the the energy that you do something with. It depends, I guess, right? Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of times the pain bodies for validation and, and not being lovable drive, drive people into, uh, into action. Like, oh, I'm going to prove the world wrong, right? Or in my case, like, oh, I guess, you know, honestly, mine my, my never drew me into action. <laughs> my, my lack of specialness never actually drew me into being special. <laughs> It just everything in the world validated the fact that I wasn't special. That was my special sauce, as it were. Right, but your your desire for validation drove you into action, right? And so, you know, those actions don't necessarily look bad. Like, oh, look, he's really good at computer programming. Yeah. No, I mean, oh, look, he's really good Boy Scout. Yeah, they're they're. Oh, look, he's a really good husband because he cleans the dishes, right? <laughs> but you know, if I'm cleaning the dishes specifically so that cl- that me cleaning the dishes gets noticed, a and you know acknowledged or praised, b. Mm, it was just your pain body. Yeah, you're doing it out of your pain body. Yeah, right? I mean, it's not. I'm not cleaning the dishes because they need to get clean. That's just a bonus side effect. Yeah. It was it's all it was all a, a show, a performance for me. For validation. For validation. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and but you know that you know that's the world. 
Like how many stories do you hear of people like achieving something in order to get validated? And then like after they, I don't know, get the trophy or get the Academy Award or whatever, go, oh yeah, that, I'm still not happy. Right. That, that's This is what yeah. that is. It's, it's the same stories that they have a pain body inside that is causing them to go out there and seek attention. Yeah. No, you know, acting is that. Yeah. Innovation is that. You know, uh, athlete, athleticism is that. Yeah. I mean, the, yes, you, you could do it for the love of the game or for the love of innovation or for the love of theater. Yeah, that's great. As long as you separate the pain body out of it. But a lot of those people are blind. I say those people, I'm, I'm blind there too with them, just not on the stage of theater. <laughs> I'm blind too. I just don't have an Academy Award. Right. <laughs> At least they have an Academy Award. Maybe people would love me then. <laughs> Maybe I'll be special then. No, I need. <laughs> I'm going to go into acting. I need to start acting. <laughs> this 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 podcast is practice for that, right? <laughs> Pretending. That's right. Pretending that we're fixing ourselves up. Mm-hmm. It's all a big a big ruse. No, but that's what it comes down to, right? You, you, that's an example of, of success. I'm like, oh, but look, that person is so successful. That person is like a genius. Or that person's just like, oh my gosh, they're like the most amazing athlete ever. Um, and yes, they are, right? Because that pain body has driven them to right? that point. A lot of, a lot of very, you know, what, what society would define as successful people. Yeah. In business, in sports, in, uh, um, in the the arts, like a- actors, uh, creative fields, are very driven. Are dri- well, they're they're driven. They're successful because they're driven, but they're often driven because of, well, so and so said I'll never amount to anything, and damn it, I'm going to prove them wrong. Yeah. Or maybe if daddy didn't if, love me right if daddy didn't love me right maybe if if only i had another academy award then you know then i'll have it if only i had a bigger house or or a nicer car or a a a prettier girlfriend or a wife or whatever this there's there's always some next milestone if only i made 100,000 a year 200,000 million dollars when i have a million dollars a year that's it. Everything will be fine. And then they make a million dollars a year because they have that type of personality that will that can go do that. And they're like, I don't feel any different than I did when I was, you know, broke, you know, sharing an apartment with four people. Because because these external things don't don't change how you feel. No, they don't fill that hole. They don't. Yeah, they don't fill that hole. You think they will? Because you, st- you when you establish will. the goal, your idea behind establishing that goal is like, oh, I will have arrived then, well, and I it, will I will feel different then. Yeah, yeah, that the hole will be filled. Yeah, as opposed to you even recognizing that you're trying to fill a hole. Right, right. You don't even re- realize you're trying to fill a hole until until I mean that's the thing is the, the you know the reason we're talking about it right now is hopefully until not like a your deathbed right or your early death. Yeah. Yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. Bring yourself to death because you have basically ran yourself dry on explorations yeah, or, of your or, pain body. Or suicide or something because, oh, nothing I do fills this fills this hole. Yeah. Therefore, it will never be filled. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an easy conclusion to jump to. Yeah, yeah. If, 
especially if you're talented and you're like, oh, I keep doing these things and nothing's working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's because you're not addressing why. I mean, there's a, it's almost a, uh, a stereotype of, you know, rock stars and, and movie stars uh, dying, dying young or, or from. Or overdosing. Yeah, overdosing or from, or from suicide. Because, you know, all this success and all this money and all this fame and, and, you know, probably the drugs and the, and the women and the this and the that that comes along with that on the service looks satisfying and appealing and, and, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And then they get all that stuff and they're at the top of the world and they still feel the same. They still feel empty inside. And they're like, oh my gosh, I have achieved everything that I could possibly imagine and I still feel empty inside. There's nowhere to go from here. Yeah. Yeah, well, but we talked about this yesterday. It's whenever you have a pain body, I will will be drawing drawing like a sideways view, right? Like here's the baseline of where where everybody is special, right? Mm-hmm. Or everybody's loved, right? And then what your pain body, if this is your pain body to where you're not special, you're down here below the baseline. Yeah. Right? And so you think, oh, you know what? In order for me to feel special, I'll have to do all the stuff. I'll have to get a what was it, what is it, a Tony and a Pony and the Oscar and the Pony. Whatever, you know the it's an ego, ego, uh, whatever those things are. Right. Whatever Academy those award. Grammy. A Grammy. Sure. A Tony the, and an the, Oscar. The ponies. <laughs> all the ponies on the sand on the shelf, right? right. And so, oh, I'll get all of those and I'll have like platinum albums and then I'll go and do musical theaters and have a best musical and Broadway. I'll win the Super Bowl. And then I'll win the Super Bowl, yeah, sure. And then I'll, you know, invent a, a rocket or whatever. All of those things. Tour, Tour de France. Do it all. I'll just do it all, right? But each time you complete one of those things, uh, this is what we talked about yesterday, none of those actually take you even to the baseline of specialness. Right. Much less what we think then will take you past the specialness right. baseline. Like, I, I, oh, you know, we were talking about Jesus, right? <laughs> like, okay, well... We were trying to decide, well, Jesus is special. Right. Jesus is over here. Right. And then here's everybody else. And then I'm like, and I'm down here. Right. Right. So not but, only am I below the norm, right. Jesus is somewhere else. But and when, so there's a scale. We developed the scale. But when you say everybody else, we mean literally the entire population of the world except me. Yeah, yeah. Is is here at let's just say a hundred percent. hundred they're they're special, you know. They're 100% special, but I'm 80% special on a good day, you know, and then 20% special today because, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a hug in the morning. I don't know. It's, you know, you can, you could argue, oh, is, is Jesus at a hundred percent or is Jesus at a thousand percent? Yeah. You, you know. But the specialness chase, right? Or the validation chase or the love chase never actually gets you even to a hundred percent. That's the thing. Much less beyond right. into the like some special category of specialness. That's not even an option for you. In fact, most of the time people don't even care about that. 
Right. Like at least I don't. I yeah, don't know. No, maybe some I, people do. I, yeah. I, I never, never wanted to be more going... lovable than than yeah. anybody else. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. You just want to be as be... lovable as everybody else. Yeah. But because you are not. Right. And it's it's easy to to logic that out and go, well, no, of course I'm as lovable, you know. Of course, but the hole's still there. The hole's still there. You know, I can I can think it up in my mind. I can even believe it up in my mind, but if I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. then it it doesn't really matter it isn't it isn't solved it's still there yeah and so yeah so like the pain body right to 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 identify it you you almost like see it that like oh this is not trying to gain some sort of special status Right? This is not trying to be more or do more. This is just trying to get to the baseline that I believe that I'm not at. Yeah, that's it. It's just trying to get back to the baseline. Yeah. And then sometimes, right, like sooner or later, that, you just run out of things to do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because, and you still don't feel that. Yeah. None of, none of, no external activity is going to make, is going to even bring you to the baseline. Mm-hmm. It sometimes it feels like it moves that needle a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just get the dopamine hits. But it, 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 that's what it is. It just it's just a band aid that covers it up temporarily. And oh, that that felt good. Winning that Oscar sure felt good. So you know, whether that's you know for for minutes or hours or days, you'll be riding that high. But then it's like, okay, well, it turns out that Oscar doesn't mean anything. It doesn't change how I feel. Yeah. And there was this long, you know, lifetime's worth of achievement in order to get there. And yay, look at me. I'm a world famous actor or whatever. Yeah. We, well, remember, but it doesn't matter. Remember we watched that Arnold Arnold documentary or like the special on the Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his his thing was like, as long as you keep yourself distracted, you don't have to have the... Well, you don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel it. He yeah. he used some, you know, some awesome Arnold line on that. I don't remember right. what it was. And his distraction was, was working out. Well, no, his distraction was everything. Well, He's successful working out, quite and literally then acting, at everything. And then... Real estate. Real, real, I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, like just, he's quite literally successful at everything. But because he has that drive... He's, he's so busy. He keeps himself so busy. Well, but the, you know, the truth is... Here I am psychoanalyzing Arnold Schwarzenegger. I hope, I hope this doesn't get to him. <laughs> but right, but he he does honestly talk about his unhealthy relationship with his father. Yeah. And how he went out into the world to prove him wrong. Right. Right. And, and so his, and his relationship with his brother, who was always better than him. Yeah, well, in, the in father, his parents' eyes. Well, the, it's the father saw Arnold be lesser than than the brother. Yeah. And so instead of Arnold even interpreting his brother into the mix, he just gets he just saw himself as lesser than. Right. No matter what, I'm less than I'm less than the baseline. Right. If my brother's a baseline, I'm less than that. And so his entire life was to prove really and he said that after my father died, it was like my point kind of like I didn't have who, no one who, to prove. Yeah. Right, but the, but that right there is is kind of like the story of what a pain body is, is you start at the origin with your father not loving you, right, and possibly seeing your father loving the siblings more than you, and then and then that pain body origin, like the origin story is, I'm not good enough, right? 
I'm not lovable or I'm not as good as everybody else, right? I'm not special or whatever, right? Or whatever his particular nuances. And then he spends his lifetime, right? My gosh, succeeding in the most amazing way. So on the surfaces, you're like, oh my gosh, he's like the most impressive man ever, right? But it's his pain body that got him there, yeah. right? And and in the long run, you know, if if he had to pause and look 60 years back, would he have chosen to live in that much pain, having to overachieve and overaccomplish and overdo and over and over and over? Um, or would he have chosen to recognize what is it that is happening and then live a life, I don't know, a peaceful life? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It, it's not that there's anything wrong with doing or no, achieving. No, no, it's, you could, you could, I think you could have still done that, but it would have come from a different place. From a different place. And honestly, that might even make someone more successful if it comes from that more honest place instead of the, the drive to prove someone wrong or the drive to impress someone. Well, in it, his case, it's not even anyone. It's his dead father. But after the father died, he admitted, he's like, uh, who am I? What am I? Who am I? What am I doing this for? Yeah. Right. But, but you could, but you, right. So, the, and he, and so the distractions, we design the distractions in our life um, to, to keep us from feeling, why is it that we're doing what we're doing? Why is our life turning out the way it's turning out? And in his case, it's positive, right? You, you, you wouldn't say like, heck, he's extremely successful, right? So right. why would he pause to analyze what he's doing? But the energy behind it, right, is is extremely, I would say, very painful and excruciating. Because at the end of the day, right, if you just sit there in stillness, in peace, um, you feel what you're hiding. Especially if you get older and you get wiser and the stillness comes. Yeah. Um, then it's very apparent what you're hiding. And so right now, when the earth is changes the frequency, right, and it's bringing the turmoil your way, it's almost asking you for, to stand still and to start acknowledging what is it that you're hiding. What is knocking at your door right now? And it's a pain body. I mean, whatever it's masking itself is, you know, it's just a mask. Take the mask off and start looking deeper. I'm just checking the time. Yeah. So it's, so yeah, so it's, it, it's, I mean, it's not an easy journey. That was just the definition of a pain body. <laughs> that was like an hour <laughs> defining the pain body. But that, that, you know, that's why we're here for. So from the largest picture, from the spiritual level, uh, we come here to, to identify, you know, that pain body. And, and work through it and live through it and experience it and mull it over. So it is a journey. It's a very beautiful journey. It's just the question is how long are we going to sit with it or experience something different? And now we're being called to, at least I feel like I'm being called to experience something different. But it, but on the surface looks like it's more than just I. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it is everyone, whether they, whether they recognize it or not. I think there's this, most people would be able to go, you know, something feels different lately, lately maybe being the last few years, then, and it's not just COVID. No. It's not that. Uh, I mean, you know, my slap in the face came in 2017. That was three years before COVID. So. So it was it was already chugging code. It was just like this great, great 
global facilitator for the pause and for the stillness, right? To where like you you came to face to face with what you're hiding, possibly. Right? With yourself, right? Everything that you were right, that that run around, like that like just keep yourself busy and keep yourself distracting so you don't have to feel was what the life was pre-COVID. We have busied ourselves up to the ninth degree so we didn't have to pause and feel what we're not feeling. Yeah. And then the COVID just kind of went. Oh, here's yeah. bu- here's a bunch of time. Here's pause. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to drive to the office anymore. You might not even have to work anymore. Yeah. What are you gonna do? It's only, <laughs> only you know. There's only so many episodes of Tiger King. What are you gonna do? <laughs> right. <laughs> that was that was another distraction. Right? Just pile crap on in order not right, to well, sit there and feel. All right. Well, this this will buy us you know eight hours where we don't have to deal with anything. Tiger King. What? <laughs> Harold Baskin did what? <laughs> I mean, we watched Game of Thrones during COVID. Was it during COVID? Yeah. We finished it in a hotel. Where was during that? COVID. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. No, but we started during COVID because I guess we never watched Game of Thrones and and, the, and like the kids were too young back when we were. Probably too young when we watched it. <laughs> but we would skip everything that was, we skipped a lot of it. But, but yeah. Right, but it was it was just that here it is, Earth giving you this present of time, and then basically we spend what I mean, I'm sure many people started going within and started meditating, and I'm sure that it had a huge impact on that. But how many people just got presented the pain body came up, and they didn't know what to do with it, yeah, because the the easy thing, maybe even the obvious thing to some people, probably the obvious thing to me, is to, oh, this doesn't feel good. Uh, let's get a drink. <laughs> yeah, let's, you know, numb it out in some way with some substance or some activity. Let's go for a run. Let's go, you know. They're not all, you know, bad things. Like, you know, let's go do heroin. It would probably be a bad thing. But let's go exercise. Oh, well, okay. That's a good activity. but. It's you're if you're doing it because you don't want to feel how you feel and you don't want to process that and 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 dig into why do you feel that way? What can you do to stop feeling that way? Not stop feeling that way temporarily, but stop in internally feeling that way. Yeah, the the obvious thing to do is to is to numb it out with something else. Just not let it come to the surface. Yeah. Like push it down, suppress it down. Yeah, well, I'll deal with this later. Oh, well, you don't even know what it is. I feel like I don't shit. Know what it is, but uh, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. It feels like shit. Instead of me sitting down and talking about it, let let's just go run. Yeah. Or let's just drink, or let's just eat. We did all of all of that. Yeah. Like I took on cooking. <laughs> I think I think many people took on cooking as a distraction yeah. mechanism. Yeah. People took on drinking. People took yeah. on. Uh, Wait, a lot of bread got bread. made. <laughs> that was the thing. Of bread. But, right, what fills the whole of the soul more than carbohydrates? Right. Ooh, they're great. Especially like homemade carbohydrates. Look like, at this. It's like I made this and I go to eat it. Right. Yeah. So, like, so you just like distraction, distraction. Like, let's not feel, let's not feel, let's not feel. But, 
but things are coming to the surface, right? And so, yeah, the implosion of the marriage was like the first thing that you saw coming out of that. And I said, like, oh, like before we even started, I said, oh, the divorce rates are going to skyrocket after this. Yeah. <laughs> All the people did. who were avoiding everything that they didn't want to face. Right. The only thing keeping these marriages together is the fact that they didn't have to be with each other all the time. They're like, oh, okay, well, if we can be apart for eight, nine, ten hours a day because, you know, work. at least one of us goes to work, then then we can still live together in harmony the rest of the time. But if we have to spend 24 hours a day together, that's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a, that's a problem within itself that right. should have been addressed. But it only became apparent during COVID. I can't tell you how many people, when I, when I tell them that, that we work together full time from home, together, like sitting together, working on stuff together, they're like, what? I could never do that with my wife. I could never do that with my husband. Oh, that's probably not a, good, not a great sign. Yeah. And, I, and that is and not it, saying it, that it, people have to be able to work together. Yeah. And it, yeah what's the compatibility they there? And they don't mean, oh, well, I'm a doctor and he's a lawyer and so we can't work together because that doesn't make financial sense. They mean, I couldn't spend that much time confined with my spouse is how I've always taken it. Yeah. Like I'd go crazy if I had to I had to sit around him or her all day. Like, oh. It's probably some, probably something there you should look at. Yeah. I mean that but you know that that's I mean that within that there's the pain body on the person's end who's saying that. And then there's and then that pain body then extrapolates into the marriage and it creates a thing. Right. And I mean, then I'm there's sure probably both... a pain body on the other spouse's yeah. end who does or does not feel that way, let's say. And so that creates its own interaction. And so yeah. like the problem in the marriage is, well, why do you feel that way? Right? right. In that case, like, why do you feel like you cannot spend time with your wife? Right. Like, That's let's it. hypothetically say you're locked in with her 24-7 for like three or four months during COVID. Why, why is that a bad thing? Like, what's going to come up? Right. That's, I think that's what it is. They're afraid something's going to come up. I don't know if something from the past or something from the present. I don't know. Some, some feeling's going to come up. Some, I just can't stand the way she chews is going to come up. Something's going to come up. Yeah, but that just means they're hiding something. Yeah. But not like actually actively hiding something, hiding from themselves of how they feel about their spouse. But the truth in, then that's the trigger that is triggering their pain body, right? And that's how you, I mean, that's the easiest way to identify it is like, well, you you spend, you wake up in the morning on Saturday morning and you have your spouse right there or you get up at 4 a.m. in order to pretend like you have a, you know, 18 holes to run. So by the time your spouse gets up at 6 a.m., you're gone, right? Is that, are you running away from your spouse, right? Most of the people do. Yeah. They craft their life with their schedule between the kids and the work and the, the extracurricular activities and the golf and the footballs and the baseballs and all of that to where like, oh, I just, yeah, I, I love my wife, but, you know, only 20 minutes at a time, right? Or when I need to fuck her. I'm sure that's an exception. <laughs> and yeah, and so that that's what it comes down to. There's just this avoidance. If you're avoiding something, it's not 
it's not the wife, right? It's the pain right. body in between the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. That something's getting poked. Yeah. Something's getting triggered. Yeah. And that, I mean, it, it hurts. I mean, it doesn't hurt to avoid. It hurts to sit there and start talking. Yeah. Nobody wants to sit there and start talking. It hurts to acknowledge that there is something. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's like the slew of you think you want this outcome out of it. Like, oh, no, I, you know, this is what I want. But, but then what you're not addressing is, oh, this is why I want it. This is how I, why I feel the way I feel about whatever that is, right? The fear, the fear of what talking would bring, of how deep you would have to open up, right? Why, I think my, why most people don't want to go to therapy is because like, What's the point of going to therapy unless you open up deep? Yeah, and I don't want to open up deep. Yeah, if you well, if you open up deep, well, I, I just want to open up deep enough to say I did it. Yeah, but not like deep enough what's to the, where I'm what's crying. The, what's the minimum amount of opening up I can do to to save this marriage, at least for now? <laughs> or to say I tried. Or to say I tried. It's not even. I don't think. And, I think. And now I I won't have the guilt if it fails because at least I tried. Yeah. Yeah, kind of painting a gruesome picture here. Right. Well, that's where it can go. I know. I've seen this go. I've seen that go. That's, that's where it does go. Like back when we were in the corporate world, that's all this was. Everyone I knew just had that marriage. Yeah. It was avoid the wife for as long as you can. Or if the wife wants to, even wants the relationship with the husband, oh, he's too busy. Probably, probably one. <laughs> She's being called the wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody calls their wife the wife. I've known some men who called their wife by their name. The, uh, you don't know who I'm talking about, but the, the buffoon, the buffoonery. He, he called her the wife. Isn't it great to keep the wife at home? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to him, that was a perfectly normal statement. It was perfectly, it was perfectly normal. And he was like, he said it to me, and I just kind of had this like, Look of look of shock, like what? And then he rode away on his bike, but it yeah, was bizarre. Yeah, well, it was I'm... bizarre, but it was like, oh, it was this little insight into oh, this this is you've really orchestrated this to work out exactly how you want. You go off and do your thing, and and the wife stays at home, and and by staying at home. There's no threat to to your position of uh, power. Yeah, power, and she's not going. And that there's no opportunity for her to uh, sleep around, which is what he's doing. Yeah, he's sleeping around. I mean, th- th- we're saying all this because this is all true. Like this, yeah, he came out as truth. Yeah, yeah. He's he's sleeping around. He's an executive somewhere. The wife's at home watching two kids who are uh, like preschool age, not not school age so therefore like the justification like oh she's at home to watch the kids right so that's a control factor there yeah like most of the men no, this is exactly what he wanted yeah he wanted control he wanted to be free to do what he wanted be an executive flyover of the world and then and then you know right she she needed to stay home taking care of the kids because he made him feel safe because at least she's not going to do what I'm doing. Yeah, because then she's not going to go sleep around. And so I guess he was 
transparent enough with you to share the fact that isn't that great that isn't we both great? keep our wives home. He didn't realize that we just happened to work yeah, from home. I'm also at home. <laughs> yeah, but both of us are just working yeah. from home. So, but he misread the situation. And he just found found this camaraderie yeah. that hey, you buddy. and him are both. <laughs> you know what the That's plan right. is. Yeah. How many you got on the side? How many ladies you got on the side? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it it all I guess it all came out later, and it all imploded, and the marriage fell apart. Right. But 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 in that case, right, the the pain body there for him was control. And then the reason why he was seeking extracurricular activities was to validate something that was lesser than, or he felt right. like lesser than within himself. I mean, he and you know, he was an executive at some big company, and you know, probably made a, a lot of money, and you know, had a nice car, and had a nice house, and all of these things, all these you know, surface level successes. That, but he probably did not feel the fact that you know that any of any of that story is true kind of shows that he did not feel you know fulfilled no. or happy or whole yeah there's no fulfillment it, it was just a chase for self-validation yeah right to where at some point in his childhood he felt you know less than um or need or right or had to prove himself to the parents or to the siblings or to the friends yeah um, you know, maybe because he was he came from the poor family and then everybody else was rich, and then there's that sets in a lot of um, pain body, right? So for some reason, you're coming out of your childhood feeling less than special or less than good enough or less than lovable. And then, you know, depending on how much that pain body strikes you, right? Remember, how, depending on how... And then depending on your personality, right, how extroverted and inverted you are, introverted you are, then the extroverted people go out and, you know, seek attention and, and, you know, validation on the extroverted level. And so that's just what he was doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it, it is like textbook pain body. Yeah. And like, the, yeah, the world runs rampant with this. And yet, like, nobody pauses and goes, wait, right? I say nobody. I was in the exact same position. And I wasn't pausing and going, wait. Yeah. Right? Why Why am I sleeping around? <laughs> Maybe we'll get into that on the next podcast. Since we're getting ready to wrap up. Right? But, but at the time, you're so blind by the open wound that is the pain body that you you don't even see... What is it that is causing you to to run off course, right? Or like betray your own morals? I don't yeah. know if he thought he was betraying his own morals, but like I thought I was betraying my own morals when I was having an affair. And so, but you don't see it. The pain body is so active. You're almost like, you're just trying to fill the hole. Like, yeah. I'm not special and this person makes me feel special. La, yeah. la, 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 la. And like, but like deep down, right? You know, like, right? I at least knew on that autopilot to fill the hole that my actions are still not kosher. Yet, y you know. Like, Yet it, it at least band-aids over it temporarily. Yeah, well, it, it, it doesn't even band-aid over it, right? Like, just like you felt like shit after masturbating, I felt like shit after sleeping, right? So it never, like, it was the idea 
the idea that this is going to solve something. Yeah. As opposed to it actually solving anything at all. I don't know. I guess we have some time, so I can just bring that in, maybe address it here, and we can always address it later. Um, yeah, so whenever, when, when Elliot was having his pain body activations of not being lovable, is that what it was that activated it? Yeah. Um, you know, and he spent all the time masturbating because I think, I think, I don't know if you mentioned it last time or not, because it was easier to get that fix. Yeah. Than, than give the attention to me. Yeah. I mean, there was an addiction component as well, which it's all tied in together. But yeah, it, it's just, it was just easy. Yeah. So he was masturbating, even though it was the same thing as sex, but I think it was just providing something differently and quicker satisfaction goes yeah. than not. And so during that time, you know, that went on um, for five years, like, I guess seven years of our relationship, but what is it, seven months? So four years of our marriage, right? And so at four years into it, we kind of reached, I kind of reached a low point where after I had our first child, I was already in that like, you know, I have the post baby body, I have to go back to work. But prior to that, you know, you had the 12 weeks at home. And so my self-esteem and my general outlook on myself, it was not already not great, right? Because kind of like in that postpartum uh, depression state, I wouldn't, at the time I didn't know that I was depressed and maybe I still don't even know whether I was depressed or not, but I didn't feel great about myself, right? Like, you know, the body's not what it used to be. I'm literally feeling like I'm just some sort of like milk supplying mechanism because I'm constantly breastfeeding. Uh, so I was not at the high point of my life. And then on top of that, Elliot was not paying attention to me. So I'm not using these as excuses. I don't want to say that. That That is what caused me to feel, to have my pain body activated of me not being special. And so when my pain body of not being special got activated and I went back to work, Maybe it was obvious. I don't know. Maybe it was just obvious that like I was walking around. Here's a vulnerable person. Yeah, as a, as a vulnerable person. And so somebody who I worked with just decided to start showing me attention. And so, I, you know, not to blame him because he was just running his pain body of, uh, of, uh, of validating himself. Like his, his pain body is I'm not good enough and I'm going to take like hard situations and win at them in order to prove to everyone and myself that I'm a winner, that I'm good enough, that I'm, uh, you know, it's like a scoring, scoring one for themselves, but it's like scoring one for the ego. I think most of the men who initiate cheating initiate out of that spot, um, is, is like some sort of a conquest, uh, to, to self-validate like, Oh, look, I can get, a younger person or look, I can get another person or look, I can have five on the side or look, I can sneak one into my house and, you know, and do one while my wife is sleeping upstairs. Like all the, that's, that's a story we also know about. So I'm not making it up. And so, yeah, so I ran. And so when he started showing me attention, I started running with my pain body as this feels really nice, right? This is like filling that hole of somebody paying attention to me. And so I ended up having an affair that, like, I swear, after each each 
session of it, <laughs> I would say that this is the last one because at the end, right at the end, it doesn't actually validate or fill in your holes and you just feel like crap, just like you felt like crap after your, uh, your sessions. Uh, but yet, because the pain body was so active, he was able to come in and, you know, provide me with that special feeling over and over and over. And I was there obviously reciprocating because it made me feel really good. And so it just kind of like continued on and off for quite some time. Uh, and kind of all imploded at the same time as our marriage imploded. Yeah. Which is, I mean, on purpose, obviously. Yeah. As my relationship with him imploded, my marriage imploded on your end. And so we had to <laughs> right. start working through that. Although this didn't come out on my end until, until like I, I was forced to bring this out of me, which, yeah, that's another thing I wanted to address. So, so yeah, I'm not justifying the action that was completely wrong, but I, and I'm saying it nonchalantly right now, realizing that this is not something that, that I should have done, but I realized that was, that is what pain body not being addressed does on my end. Yeah. It can lead you to do things that aren't, aren't healthy for you or for yeah. other people or. Yeah. No. And if I had to morally rate an affair, or, or like, what is the worst thing you can do in your marriage possible? Or like, what is the worst thing you can do as a human being? I'm like not saying murder and, you know, killing babies and children. Affair is like, it just the way I was brought up was right there at the top of that list. Yeah. And, and when, when you told me, I, I think I even said it, that it would, it would, it would have been easier for me to deal with you telling me that you killed someone than for me to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been easier to deal with. Well, I don't, it wouldn't have been, no, I think it would have been harder for me to. Maybe, I mean, for me, it would have been easier for me to deal with the idea that you killed someone. Well, no, because to you, affair hit your pain body yeah. of you being unlovable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it really dis destroyed me for like six months. Yeah. It, it is because it hit that right there, that threshold of this is proof that I'm unlovable. Yeah. Because that's your whole. Yeah. Right. And with me, the reason I was doing is because it was hitting the the proof that the, I, I'm not special. But guess what? Excuse me. This validates my specialness. It, obviously, in no way did it did right. And and so yeah. So what I was saying is, it is like I've, having an affair would be like at the top of my personal. If I had to like rank the worst things you yeah. can possibly do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> would be like betraying your love, your spouse, who you love, right? Because I do love you and I did love you, but yet like betraying you like that. Uh, so it's like, I could say it's, I, I know it is completely personal on your end because it is quite literally hitting your pain body and betraying that trust. Um, but to me, it was just so personal because it was it was filling the the pain body hole. And so I think when we're in the pain body, I want to bring this up and I think we'll continue this conversation later, but whenever you're in your pain body and it's an open wound and it's actively throbbing, um, you almost can't see past the circumstances that are causing you to sit right there in in the clusterfuck of shit that I was, which is literally going through the steps of betraying my own self and having an affair, which is to me was the end of the world. So, so like it, it, the pain body has this, 
such a profound effect on your psyche to where your actions, now they could be as mild as like, oh, I just walk into the room and then I want to seek validation. You know, that's minor. But the other action is, oh, I walk into the room and me seeking validation looks like betraying my husband and my moral, my own moral uh, code and having an affair. Right. So like the extent of it is so big and so right. vast. And But it's and, all, but at the, at, deep down, it's all coming from the same thing. It's coming, yeah, it's coming from yeah. the same place. But what I'm saying is not addressing it leads to devastating circumstances, right? Like you not addressing your pain body led to us almost not having a marriage. Me having an affair and not addressing my pain body almost led to us not having a marriage. Not, yeah. Like we're still working through that and we're still realizing what it is is bigger than just an affair, right? It is, And it's your your masturbation and porn addiction is bigger than just that, right? It's like, this is the essence of how I am damaged as a human being. Yeah. Through self-selection, through my own choice. What, what I'm deciding to put a label on for myself that I'm un, not special. And then therefore the outside validation is so important for me to fill that hole that I betray my own morals. I, and do things that I myself actively know that are not right. Right. I mean, that's the thing. When I was doing it, I'm like, oh, this, it, it's, I, I knew I, sh I knew I shouldn't be doing it. Not that masturbation in and of itself is wrong, but I knew I was acutely aware that at least how I'm doing it and why I'm doing it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like this is a healthy thing to do. Yeah. Did anyway. Yeah, but, no, right. The override. But, but it's like, like the override, yeah. right? You almost go into like I think what what happens is you go into that prefrontal cortex where your cognitive like it logical shut, it shuts ability. Down. Well, it, everything else is shuts down, right? And you're in that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. What what's the uh oh what's the fear? Hunger, anger, and loneliness. Fault, if you whatever. I think those are the four. Those are the four things that that shut down your prefrontal cortex. For me, the loneliness is how that manifested, and maybe a little bit of a fear and a little bit of anger, but but mostly loneliness is how it presented to me. And I probably you too, if you had to pick one of those four. Oh, that would cause me to have an affair. Yeah, yeah, loneliness. loneliness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I felt lonely because you weren't paying attention to me. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then, but then, but, but right, that loneliness hits but, the yeah, but, it, the, but I'm it, not special. But it's scarcity. It, it thing. shuts down the 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 human part of your brain, and you do you you turn into some you know caveman person. Oh, this feels good. Okay, I'll do that. I did. Yeah, yeah, but but that is what not addressing the pain body does. Yeah. Right. It 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 has huge ramifications on 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 relationship. Yeah, where you know I I don't know if all relationship are this messed up <laughs> or have this much of the depth. Of course, no. That's the thing is, no one talks about it. Right? This is why I we're think, doing the I think podcast. They are, but ours is special in that 
at least we all know. <laughs> at yeah. least at least it's out there and at least we can talk about it and we can work through it. And we can talk about the whys, which is really more important than than what happened is why did it happen? Yeah, yeah. No, but we can address that and work through our marriage both and look what we have created as this marriage. What uh, what does our marriage look like, right? And then from that, you can step back and go, it looks that way because here's the pain body that I'm living and inserting into the marriage. And here's the pain body that you're living and inserting into this marriage. Yeah. And this And this is our game. We're playing these games with each other as a marriage, not realizing that, hey, we're just, really messed up on our nuance of self, the pain body that we're not bringing up over things we're not communicating. Um, and, and then that's what that, the fallout that that causes, right? The fallout that if, if you and I didn't, you know, I, I will take credit. I'm always trying to talk. I'm always trying to talk it out to, yeah. to bring it up, to actualize it. Maybe to begin with, I didn't realize I needed to start talking about pain bodies. Like, that I did not know that back then. But I was like, well, let's talk about it. what is this, what is it that you don't love me? Are you gay? You know, whatever, right? Like I was trying to figure out how is it that I can get you to want me? Um, yeah, because I know where I'm standing on my end, right? Like I know how it's making me feel. And so then I'm always out there going, how can we solve this? But part of it is the pain body too. That is, if I feel like shit on the inside, and this is making me feel like shit, I right, like I need some sort of solution. You need to do something to, to I need solve to it. Do something yeah. to solve it. That's another pain body is doing. So maybe that that's a good stopping point. Is that you work through? Like it's a lot of really really hard conversations, and it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult for yourself. Just trying to figure yourself out. And then it's difficult for you trying to figure you out. And then you come together as a couple and you have 20 years worth of history. Right. And you're trying to unravel that. Yeah. And the, the, the relationship itself is, is this third entity. Yeah. And then there's the kids who, you know, you're trying to appease your, um, who you want to make sure that you're being a good parent to while you're trying to work yeah. all of this out. And add in all the, you know, you got to work, you got bills to pay, there's furnace filters to change, there's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Life so there's not much time. Yeah. yeah. You, but, you know, you kind of get yourself as busy as you need to. Um, Arnold style. Yeah. But that's a choice. Yeah. Right. You get yourself as busy as you need to. So if the excuse is, I don't have time to sit back and try to figure all of this out and start to unravel my pain body, that's just another excuse. That's just the ego telling you I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You can that's, cut. That's the easiest. Easiest excuse. Yeah, you can cut out some Tiger King and find some time. Right. Right. Their housewives of Atlanta are not going to wash themselves. The house. You know, oh my, my gosh, what did she do? <laughs> Can't believe she did that. Right, but but those the reason why those shows are so popular is because they are living their pain body right. on camera. Right, and it's so obvious. The funny thing is, it's so obvious to us, to the us, the 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 viewer. Oh my gosh, look, look at so and so, you know, she she just she just wants to be seen. She just wants to be loved. She just wants attention. Isn't that so obvious? But you know, it it presents and oh, she's going out and you know, I don't know, I've never seen the show. I Shoplifting or whatever it is that you know, know there's yeah. some sort of, you know, call cry for cry for attention. I don't even know if there's real housewives of Atlanta. I don't know. There's real housewives of 
There's a lot of real housewives. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I think, but right, right. The reason why the show is popular is because sometimes somebody can either relate yeah. to it or go. At least my life is not that I, bad. I think. I think a lot of it is that at least my life is not that bad, that messed up, that crazy. Yeah, I've got my problems, but hey, at least I'm not Betsy. <laughs> Betsy on shoplifting. Uh, uh, shoplifting on the show. What a mess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if they're shoplifting. But yeah, but that, the ramifications are huge and it's painful and it's hurtful. And so we will continue the podcast because I'm hoping this alleviates and the suffering. Yeah. I know it alleviates our suffering by just knowing that you and I can come together and talk and, and allow it to flow as opposed to holding a strapped energy. That within itself is just beneficial. Letting truth flow. Yeah, yeah. Like you Maybe. don't have to have a solution. Like right. we don't have a solution for half of yeah. the stuff we still talk about. Maybe you get angry. Maybe you cry a bit. Yeah. Fine. That's good. Let it out. Let it out. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thanks to for listening. Number five.